Welcome back to Tanakhcast. This is episode 181. We'll continue in the Psalms with a brief summary of chapters 111 through 114 and follow with some thoughts about the strange power of Hebrew and Hebrew letters. Psalm 111 is filled with praise from Aleph to Tav, as it is an acrostic, and it doesn't skip a letter. It's one of the eight acrostic psalms. This and Psalm 112 are short acrostics in that each letter gets half instead of a whole line of verse. Psalm 119, the mother of all psalms, is also an acrostic and dedicates eight lines of poetry to each letter of the Aleph bit. Psalm 112, as I said, is also an acrostic. If the previous psalm focused exclusively on God and God's praises, 112 focuses on humans, or more specifically, a human worthy of praise. Such a person is faithful to God and not only maintains the faith for themselves, but establishes generations of the faithful. There's also an element of wealth here, which might lead a person to arrogance, but this individual is, quote, gracious and merciful and just. This person is quantifiably good, so much so that the wicked see them and is vexed by our person's goodness. Vexes me. Terribly vexed. Psalm 113 might be familiar because it, along with Psalms 114 through 118, are incorporated into the Hallel prayer, which is recited on Holy Days and Rosh Chodesh, the beginning of the new Jewish month. It is a psalm of praise of God, and one can see how the conductor or psalm leader calls to the congregation, Hallelujah, and the congregation responds. And the praises note how God sees and surveys all of creation and acts on behalf of the vulnerable, Quote, he raises the poor from the dust, from the dung heap lifts the needy to seat him among princes, among the princes of his people. He seats the barren woman in her home, a happy mother of sons. Hallelujah. Psalm 114 sweeps us up in the exodus from Egypt to remind us how God intervened in our behalf with many miracles. And it does with an uncharacteristic subordinate clause. It's even doubled, and there's no verb even in the second verset. This psalm is often sung with a rousing martial composition, followed by a call and response, which in this version is undercut by the hokey arrangement, which is more appropriate for children. But let's have a listen. The call and response part actually slaps, but anyway. One of the more curious moments in the narrative happens in verses 3 and 5, where the poet states, quote, The sea saw and fled, Jordan turned back. Then two verses later addresses them both, quote, What is wrong with you, see, that you flee, Jordan, that you turn back? The question is rhetorical, but it highlights how God has disrupted the natural order to save the Jews from the barbarous tongue folk. And on that triumphant note, here endeth the lesson. Sefer Yetzirah 
the Book of Formation, is considered the earliest known book of Hebrew thought. It was written sometime between the 3rd and 6th century. It's less than 2,000 words in length, and it opens as follows, quote, By 32 mysterious paths of wisdom, Yah has engraved all things. Who is the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, the living God, the Almighty God, He that is uplifted and exalted, He that dwells forever, and whose name is holy, having created His world by three derivatives of Sephar, namely Sefer, a book, Sephor, a count, and Sipur, a story, along with 10 calibrations of empty space, 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet, of which three are principal letters, seven are double-sounding consonants, and 12 are ordinary letters. In other words, Sefer Yetzirah describes how the universe was created through 32 wondrous ways of wisdom, 10 numbers or sfirot, which are the origin of the sfirot mentioned later in the Kabbalah, plus the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet, three mother letters, Aleph, Mem, and Shin, seven doubles, Bet, Gimel, Dalet, Kaf, Peh, Resh, and Tav, and 12 simples or elementals, He, Vav, Zayin, Chet, Ted, Yud, Lamed, Nun, Samech, Ayin, Tzadi, and Kuf. These divisions correspond to concepts such as the three letters making up God's name, Yud, He, and Vav, the seven days of the week, the twelve tribes of Israel, and the twelve months of the Hebrew calendar, as well as early scientific or philosophical ideas such as the four elements, fire, water, air, and earth, the seven planets, ten directions, and the twelve signs of the zodiac, as well as various human physical functions and a list of the parts of the human body. The book describes how God used the ten sefirot and the 22 Hebrew letters in various combinations, and finally, how God revealed this secret to Avraham, the first patriarch, as a covenant with him. Heady stuff indeed. And if you consider that part of this worldview includes the acknowledgement that the 22 Hebrew letters also have a numerical value, because both numbers and letters are instruments of the cosmic energy... So what kind of power does an acrostic have? Well, for one, it unleashes the power of memory. Our memories are fickle, strange things, and I've always wondered why it is, for example, we can remember volumes of song lyrics, but not a short passage of prose. It seems that as we age, our memory's capacity to store information becomes fixed, so new learning has a harder time becoming fixed in the brain because we can't clear out or forget older stuff. But when it comes to song lyrics, it's possible that we remember too many of them because of the structure of poetry and music. Since music aligns the words with the temporal structures in our brains, our brains don't have to stress processing them and then sorting them out. The same, it could be said, applies with the rhythm of poems. Our brain's auditory encoding capacity kicks in, and acrostic poems add yet another layer, improving recall by linking a complex poem to simple information that we know without even having to think about. So the alphabet we had drummed into our heads as small children becomes the matrix for recalling more complicated lines of poetry. As such, acrostics further simplify learning because of the logical order of the beginning letters of the lines. And they also help students prevent mistakes and deletions because they know which letter comes next. Acrostics also provide a visual stimulus since we all know what our alphabets look like. 
It also keeps the poets from getting too far up their own egos when composing verse. Acrostics require skill and mastery, yes, but they also limit the poet to 22 letters, which translates into 22 lines, unless you're thinking Psalm 119, which has eight lines for each letter. Acrostics also reflect a take on the universe. Looking at the world from Aleph to Tav embraces a notion of perfection, comprehensiveness, and completion. Psalm 111 on its face is a psalm of thanksgiving, although it's more a psalm of praise because it lists God's attributes, rather than expressing gratitude over nice things God has done. But it leans on the acrostic to deliver the praise which the poet says we should do from the beginning to the end which raises an interesting challenge when you try and render the acrostic into a different language, a challenge Tanakhcast is aware of on a fortnightly basis. One could try to find parallels when translating from Hebrew, but there are some aspects of poetry that cannot be represented in a translation. The King James just rolls with the English with an insertion of the transliterated Hebrew letter at the beginning of each line in the verse, but there are some brave souls out there who try to keep with the acrostic form in English, including one translation of Psalm 111 rendered by T.L. Wilt in his 1993 article entitled Alphabetic Acrostics. Perhaps the form can be represented in the journal The Bible Translator. Quote, praise the Lord. All my heart praises the Lord besides the upright in the congregation, contemplated by those delighting in them. The deeds of the Lord are great, everlasting in his righteousness, full of honor and majesty is his work. Gracious and merciful is the Lord. He has shown his people the power of his work in giving them the heritage of the nations. Just and faithful are the works of his hand. The Lord provides food for those who fear him, mindful always of his covenant. None of his precepts can fail. Ordained forever and ever, performed with equity and faithfulness. Redemption for his people was sent by the Lord to be kept forever in his covenant. Untarnished is his name and venerable. Wisdom begins with the fear of the Lord. Excellent understanding marks all who practice it. You, O Lord, will be praised with a zeal that lasts forever. Besides missing the K, Wilt handled the X and Q creatively by using it in the right sequence, but as the second letter of the word. So it still flowed when you read the psalm out loud, but looks a bit off when you scan it on the page. There are other translations that make different choices. In a 2000 article in the same journal, P.R. Rabe uses only the first 22 English letters in his rendering of Psalm 111. In the end, the kind of decisions we make as readers and as translators impact our experience of the original text. Whether we use the King James, the Everett Fox, the Lolcat translation, or the Word on the Street slang edition. Or we could all learn Biblical Hebrew. I mean, some of us have a little extra time on our hands these days. Might be a nice hobby to pursue. If you like what you heard today, spread the word about TanakhCast. Tell a friend about TanakhCast over coffee. Send another friend an email or text, nothing fancy. Help your aunt who just got her first smartphone to download a podcatcher and subscribe to TanakhCast. And if you have a spare moment after all that, write a brief glowing review at Apple Podcasts. Apparently, it helps people who might be interested in a little Bible learning five this podcast, and it's also a nice thing to do. If you want to help in an even bigger way, support us at Patreon. 
Just search for TanakhCast at Patreon.com and pledge your shekels either on a one-time or monthly basis and receive special blessings from the Most High. I thank you in advance for that and encourage you to join us again in two weeks for... Episode 182, when we continue in Psalms with chapters 115 through 118.